Hello and welcome to the Performance Podcast and we have a special edition today because joining myself and Steve Withers is James Thomas from LG UK. Hello James. Hi Phil, Steve, good to see you. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, we are going to talk about the 2021 LG TV lineup. Uh, we're going to get into it in some detail. But before we do that, um, some of our viewers and listeners will know you from previous videos from CES, the, uh, which is what we're doing today. We're replacing our CES. We didn't have it this year. Uh, so this is yeah, this is our exactly. CES interview. Uh, but for everybody else, if you could just explain who you are, what your job is and, and what you do. Uh, yeah, so my name is James Thomas. I'm the uh, product manager for the home entertainment division at LG UK. So uh, I think the simplest way is just I'm the product guy. So I'm, uh, it's my job really to, to help guys like yourselves and our customers, et cetera, to really understand our, our products uh, and uh, to, to know uh, and understand why they're, why they're so great, really. And uh, it's it's been an odd year. Um, well, last year was a very odd year and this year, seems to be going down the same route as, as we speak at the minute. So how has that affected uh, business for LG and, and the TV side of things and so on? How, what kind of year have you had? Has it been a good year or have you had issues? No, it's been a great year, actually. I think if you look at, uh, you know, home entertainment industry in general anyway, you know, given that people are spending a lot more time at home, people are naturally wanting to, you know, look to upgrade their home entertainment whether or not it's their TV, their soundbar, et cetera. Anyway, because they're spending a lot more time uh, sat in the living room. So, you know, the industry and, and uh, LG in particular, we've, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're in good health at the moment. So it's been, it's been fine for us. Okay. So we're looking at 2021. People are spending a lot of time at home at the minute. They're probably looking to upgrade their TV. So why don't you take us, give us a quick rundown of uh, the TV lineup for this year for the UK? Yeah, sure. Um, well, uh, where to start really i mean to talk about a hierarchy of our of our range uh, most people would be i think familiar with uh usually you know we have the oled part of our range and the the lcd part of our range effectively um slightly changed this year a bit of a, a bit of a new addition so obviously we still have oled at the top being our, our flagship technology you know the pinnacle of, of picture quality um just below that no now though is a new entry for us which is what we're calling our QNED mini LED lineup. So this is basically uh, uh, our, our ultimate LCD um, offering, really. Um, below that, then we have our, our usual nanocell range re representing our premium LCD lineup. And then below that, our, our sort of standard LCD LED uh, 4K UHD range as well. Um, I won't go through indivi each individual product right now, but I mean, to start with OLED, we'll have effectively a similar range that most people will be familiar with. Um, so from the top down, we'll have our, our Z series uh, model. Obviously the, the product codes this year are changed. So we had the X last year uh, representing, you know, Roman numeral for, for 10 or for, for 2020 anyway. So now we're onto one. So then we have the Z one at the top, our 8K uh, model, which from last year design wise is unchanged. So you have the 88 inch model, which is the floor standing one and the 77-inch model, which is the one which is gallery designed, but also can be, you know, uh, table mounted. Below that, we have our gallery series, our G1, um, which, uh, you know, design-wise is unchanged from last year, still has a fantastic uh, gallery design, very slim uh, chassis, recessed wall mount bracket. So people who are wanting to wall mount their TVs, which is obviously more and more, um, obviously we know that the market is going towards bigger and bigger TV screens. People want bigger and bigger TV screens. 
and unfortunately in the UK our, our houses aren't getting any bigger but wall mounting is a great way of you know getting a big screen into your into your living room so that's why the gallery series is there but obviously the G1 this year also has something extra up its sleeve in the, the OLED Evo technology which obviously um, we can probably take talk about a bit more in detail later um, below that we have our C1 which as usual is, is our um, where we introduce our, our best processor the Alpha 9 below that is our B1 which is um, difference there really being that it has the Alpha 7 processor not so not quite so advanced as the Alpha 9 um, but the new entry at the bottom then is uh, our A1 so that's our new entry uh, OLED which really is you know offering OLED to uh, even more people um, difference with that model is that it's a 60 hertz panel as opposed to 120 which the rest of the OLED models have um, so you know if you're someone who's into your movies and box sets etc it's obviously a great option but if you want to step up because you are a gamer you know you want to get the most out of your your new Xbox Series X for example and you know enjoy 4k HFR etc then obviously you're going to want to step up to a B or a, or a C um, one other thing to mention as well with which is new within our OLED range is that we have uh, an 83 inch screen size for the C series so you know overall when you look at that range we've got more screen sizes more options for for customers to really get on board with with OLED um, within the QNED mini, mini LED lineup, we have two models there. So there'll be a 4K and an 8K. And then obviously within Nano Cell and UHD, we'll have a, a nice uh, wide range of products with sort of tangible step ups between models when you're looking at things like uh, going from a quad core processor to a, a, an Alpha 7 processor or a local dimming to full array dimming, et cetera, and Dolby Vision, Dolby Atmos, et cetera, all um, uh, on certain models as well. So. A really great lineup. Um, obviously, I'm not going to go through all of every individual nanocell UHD, but we've got a lot of different TVs to to meet a lot of uh, different um, price points and and different sort of uh, uh, customer needs, I guess. Okay, um, is it QNED or QNED? It's what QNED. QNED Mini LED is its full full name. Yeah. Okay. So, what does the QNED stand for then? So the Q is for quantum dot. And the N is for nanocell. Um, so this is very new technology. Obviously, we've um, we've trademarked that that name for us. Um, we are very aware. We want to ensure that we always it is always QNED mini LED, so people are aware of the mini LED technology part of it. It is still effectively an LCD TV at heart, but our ultimate version of it, if you like. Um, but yeah, it's the first time that we've married quantum dot technology with nanocell technology for basically the ultimate um, the ultimate in the color reproduction really um, the way we've combined the two because obviously I mean as you guys very much very well uh, know um, to improve an LCD TV there's there's two parts to improve there's either the backlight or there's the the LCD layer for the you know the color reproduction and, and resolution um, so for these TVs we're improving both areas we're improving the color reproduction so obviously the rest of our nanocell range is still the existing nanocell technology that we use, um, but we have this new quantum dot plus nanocell for the QNED mini LED products, plus the mini, mini LED uh, backlighting system, which obviously gives us fantastic control of those backlights for better contrasts, reduced blooming, et cetera, and better, better blacks. And what models fall under the uh, QNED? So we have a QNED uh, 99 and a QNED 91. And basically one's an 8K, the 99 and one is a 
4K model. And what other features do those sets have other than the many LEDs? Um, they, so they are both 120 hertz. We'll have, uh, there's the Alpha 9 processor on the, the 8K model, Alpha 7 on the 4K. And then obviously a lot of the standard features you'd be familiar with, such as having Dolby Vision IQ, Dolby Atmos um, are there, um, and various different HDMI 2.1 features. Um, for example, we have the RR on the 4K model, um, uh, 4K HFR on both. Um, and actually, when you look at HDMI 2.1, the, the features of ALLM and eARC are on those devices and also every product in our range for 2021, even down to our lowest UHD model. Um, so, you know, if you talk about HDMI 2.1 features, we have them across all models and then obviously the, the higher features such as uh, VRR on, on different models. Okay. So I guess the, you know, our audience really focus on, on OLED. So you mentioned the hierarchy. So you're bringing in mini LED QNED, but that's not top of, top of the range, is it? You, you still see OLED as, as the ultimate in terms of picture quality. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, we'll get great color reproduction from the quantum dot nanocell technology. Um, but one other thing we're talking about this year with OLED is 100% um, color fidelity. Um, and this is basically when we've done measurements of around 125 colors are measured from their, their perceivable uh, color, uh, what you see depending compared to what they should be. And uh, the, the basically, they all, they measure far right below the, the accepted line of what is, you know, where you can see, perceive it to see a difference in color. So we know that our, our OLEDs are certified as well, that the color reproduction on them is, is true, absolutely 100% true. Um, and we know that LCD technology just can't reach that because of the backlighting system. Um, but also with OLED, you know, fine with, Q, with a mini AD, on an 86 inch model or 8K model, we're talking about, we're talking at uh, about nearly 30,000 mini LEDs making up the backlighting system. So nice and bright. They are subdivided obviously because of processing power um, into around two and a half thousand dimming zones, which is a big number, which is fantastic. But if you compare that to an 8K OLED, you're talking about 33 million pixels or a hundred million sub pixels, which is, you know, way more than 2,000. So the control of those backlights or, or lighting, if you like, because, you know, each pixel lighting itself is its own dimming zone, means you get so much better control. You get basically no blooming. You get um, better color control, basically, because of each individual pixel lighting itself. So OLED picture, we still see as as the ultimate and the best you can get. And you've been quite strict as well with your measurements. Um, I had the briefing on Wednesday, and uh, you're looking at a Dell E of under two, whereas uh, certainly when we test the TVs in uh, review-wise, we're only looking for a Delta E of three or under because obviously that's the visible threshold uh, for most people. So you've really been quite strict with your measurements as well. Yes, yes, we have. We like to make sure that we're um, giving the best tech that we can, really. Good. Right, so um, A1, 60 hertz panel. Um, are you able to give us prices or can you give us an indication of where uh, in the market you oh, think? Right that's now, that will, that will come later. We will we'll announce that soon. So I can't really talk about pricing right now, but you'd imagine it sits, it sits below these. Basically. What about availability? When, when are these TVs going to hit the shops? 
availability. Um, yeah. I don't think there'll be any issues uh, there, to be honest. I haven't heard of any issues at the moment. But, but when? Oh, when, sorry. Um, uh, yes, launching soon. I don't have all the dates. We will share that, um, I think, very soon, probably next week. Right. Okay. Um, so let's have a look at the models in a little bit more detail. Obviously, OLED will concentrate on because uh, in terms of our viewers, that's the uh, where the, the greatest amount of interest is. And I think the the one TV that stands out from your lineup, so let's go to that one first, is the G1. Now, in the past, your models, um, they've all used the same panel and basically the, the differences have been in cosmetics. So when you've gone from the C to the G, uh, upwards um it has been the cosmetic changes not necessarily picture quality but there's a definite switch in terms of picture quality this year from all of the models it seems to be you've gone from a step up at each level and the g1 has a, a brand new panel um which is called yeah. evo which i guess is for evolution yes yes it is basically yeah, yeah. i mean uh, so Sorry, maybe on. maybe you could tell us a little bit more about the Evo panel then and what makes it different. Uh, yeah, well, we're calling it Evo really because if you look at the history of OLED TV, uh, 2013 is when LG introduced LG uh, large screen TV to the market. Um, a couple of years later was our first evolution of that, I guess, really, with actually um, introducing uh, HDR, 4K. This year is the next evolution on, on that, really. And OLED Evo is what we as LG are calling it. And it's really a marrying of uh, new panel plus our Alpha 9 processor, which has really been optimized to get the most also about out of this new processor. So uh, the new panel, I should say. So the new panel um, basically comprises of a new luminous element. Um, but the main thing really is that it we've got a more precise wavelength control. So the wavelengths of blue and, and red and green are basically a lot um, narrower than before so it's finer control um, and it enables us to control that lighting system much more accurately um, so you get basically what we're saying is our, our best OLED 4k at least picture um, out of that um, so you know more precise wavelength control um, and um, really the because of that you get an improved brightness of the picture and improved and proof sharpness um, as you know from a, a widescreen picture. Uh, so James, in the past, the panels have been WRGB. They've had a white pixel uh, as well as RGB. And the white pixel has been there to, to obviously to, to give it the brightness. Um, so if you're going for uh, a brighter panel this time around, in the past, it's always been the white pixel that's that's been boosted to give it the extra brightness. And the color hasn't been there in terms of the peak brightness. Color tends to wash out a little bit. So does the EVO panel change the way that that happens? So it's not just the white pixel that's being boosted, but you're also changing, like you say, the wavelengths, you're changing the, the red, green, and blue pixel as well to, to add to that brightness and keep the color consistent. Yeah, well, the, the blue pixel itself um, in this in this structure is, uh, is um, can be, uh, the peak of that is, is, is brighter. So that is helping for to improve the, the overall brightness of the picture, basically. And you mentioned some new compounds. So is that the actual the, the organic mixture behind the panel? Is that the is that what's being added there to, to help with the boost? Um, I don't have a lot of information on the exact sort of materials, but yeah, it, it's the, the blue material and red materials are, are new. And but basically the the this the luminous element which is, is the new part of the panel. I don't have uh, full 
technical details <laughs> to share, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, they're, they're the parts that I need. Yeah. So um, this this has been one of the drawbacks with OLED, hasn't it? And it's and it's been one of the things that you've had to fight against, I, I guess, in terms of the the market position, because uh, some manufacturers who are perhaps maybe LCD only have always pushed the fact that, you know, with OLED, you're going to get burning, you're going to get retention, they don't go very bright, but that that is a little bit uh, disingenuous, isn't it? Because OLED, what OLED does have is the fact, like you said earlier on, 8.3 million pixels, and you can switch or switch them on and off individually. Um, which gives you that that greater contrast. So is this what you're building on with the G1? You're building on the, the great black level by adding this extra brightness, better color uh, uniformity to give a better overall image? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, as you say, really brightness um, is, I think most people are very happy with the brightness that OLEDs can get to. Um, you know, if you're sure, if you're in a, a very, very bright a room that you can't control the lighting of then you know sometimes you may need to to use an lcd for absolute brightness but generally in terms of pixel quality you know that uh, that infinite contrast if you like between the, the the brightness which we can achieve which as i say most people find plenty to the absolute black that contrast really gives us this the this is the best picture so james it's not only lg um who are obviously talking about brighter oled panels this year are, are you using the same panel that the competition will be using this year, namely Sony and Panasonic, who are also pushing this brighter OLED uh, this year? Uh, unfortunately, I can't really talk to our competitors on what they're using. Uh, uh, I've no information there to, to share on that one. Okay. So uh, the G1 looks great. I mean, I've got a G10 sitting behind me, which I've had here for a while doing different tests and so on. I've also a B10 sitting next to it as well. Beautiful design on the gallery series, but one of the main questions has been, can it be desk mounted? Now, obviously, I've got a desk mounted behind me because it came with a separate box with two feet in. Is that going to be the same case this year with the G1? Yeah, that is the same this year. So it comes with the wall mount in box, um, and those separate feet will be a, an optional purchase for those who too new uh, wish to to, wall, to table mount, I should say, instead of a wall mount. And if I want a gallery mount, this is new for yeah. this year, isn't it? Yeah, so this is something we've also announced. It's called our gallery stand, which is a nice kind of uh, uh, different sort of designer feature, I guess. Um, yeah, for people who don't want to wall mount or even put it on a piece of furniture, have you know a nice space to have the TV maybe as you know as the focal point. Uh, we have this gallery stand. So that this is a, a stand which will be applicable or compatible with a, few, a number of different uh, TVs, mainly 65 or 55 inch uh, variants. Um, but it's a, it's a nice freestanding stand, basically. You can you know, put it uh, in the corner in your living room or wherever you want um, without needing a piece of furniture. It's very neat, uh, has cable management within it and even a panel at the back where you can attach various sort of extra uh, uh, set-top boxes or whatnot um, as well. So really nice sort of designer, designer accessory, which is obviously, again, another optional purchase. And of course, it's not just the G1, which is what I didn't realize until the briefing uh, we had on Wednesday. Um, so it uses the visa mount, so you could actually use it on any of your models, couldn't you? Yeah, there's a, there's a limited amount of models that we can uh, put it onto, but it is a wide range of uh, wide wide range of our of our products at the moment. As I say, it's limited really to those screen sizes. I think mainly because obviously, if you're going to try and put a, a an 86 inch model on it, that uh, <laughs> it might 
might not be as stable, I guess. But uh, yeah, they're the ones that it's, it's, it's meant for. And and you mentioned there, I just want you to pick up on it as well, uh, because we kind of uh, went across, glossed over it a little bit, but you can connect items to the back of it as well. So you could put your set-top box and connect it onto the back plate. Yeah, yeah. So there are sort of holes and, and, and that ability to sort of, if you wish to sort of connect other devices to the back, then you have a sort of nice, smart, smart uh, neat system, really. Yeah, because it was something myself and Steve discussed, didn't we, Steve, after CES? We thought, yeah, that stand looks great, but you're going to have wires everywhere. And how do you get rid of, yeah. you know, it's, it, do you have your, your DVD player or your Blu-ray player sitting underneath <laughs> it and you've got cables? And all. But actually, the way you've designed it is that you could connect your player or your Apple box or whatever exactly, to the rear. Yeah. And then I guess the only cable you have running down the back and onto the floor is the power cable then. Well, actually, even then, though, there's um, you can route the cable through the actual... Um, uh, through the legs, so down the main uh, the, the main part and into the the rear leg, it's hollow, so the cable can go be routed through there. So you'll just be poking out the back, nice and neat. Yeah. Um, one other question. I, I I don't think you're going to give me an answer to this one, but the G1, what's the peak brightness then? If we're going for a. Ah, uh, yeah, we we have we've not measured. Um, we'll leave that to you guys. Um, as I say, we're not really talking about going for a message of this is you know really really much brighter OLED panel it's it can you can benefit from brightness and improve improve brightness and sharp pictures but all that you know leads to basically our best OLED 4k picture okay so we've got the the a1 that comes in 60 hertz panel uh, i noticed that you mentioned it wasn't for gamers now obviously with the 60 hertz panel we're in a 50 hertz uh, country um what issues do you think will be there for for some users obviously gamers they're going to look at the the higher model, but are there any other issues that you see with running a 60 hertz panel at that end of the market? Uh, not really. I mean, obviously, it's it's a way of us sort of expanding our range and, and you know, opening up OLED to, to more consumers because obviously the, you know, the uh, price um, benefit of, of that panel over uh, the other ones above it. Um, but as I said, really, you know, there will be people who aren't gamers who don't have the latest console or need Okay, HFR or, or, or stuff like that. So for those people who want, who are just movie fans, then obviously 50 slash 60 hertz, um, you know, 50 obviously yeah, is applicable for the UK, but what it can achieve is 60, but that is sufficient for, for that kind of, for that market. Um, but yeah, if you want, if you are someone who wants to get 4K HFR and, and, uh, and you know, all, we support all three flavors, uh, three flavors of VRR as well. So HDMI, VRR, G-Sync and pre-sync as well, you know, you then want to step up, step up. Yeah. Yeah. So let's step up then. So the B1, um, what makes that different to to the B10 that's sitting behind me then? What's the, the difference there for this year? Uh, some improvements to the processor. It's still the Alpha 7 processor. Um, so there'll be some uh, tweaks in picture improvement and also in audio. So the upscaling of audio is, is improved um, year on year. Um, so that's it for the processor really. But you know, that could bring me on really to talk about other features across the wider range, um, such as uh, updated Magic Remote. Um, we also have uh, our new WebOS UI and the whole UI in itself has had a bit of an overhaul as well. Um, on the subject of gaming as well, we have something called the Game Optimizer. Um, so this is uh, a menu which uh, is accessible when you are, you know, using your game console. Uh, to basically tweak all the different settings um, pertinent to, to your gaming. So ensuring that 
the correct uh, VRR is enabled that you can uh, choose different picture settings based on what type of game you're playing. So you can either have a standard mode or you can have a mode which is dedicated to FPS games, which will boost the dark area so you can see someone who's sneaking about in the shadows or we'll have a, we have a, an RPG um, mode and an RTS um, mode as well. So for those games where you want to have more contrast in your character in an RPG, you have that. For real-time strategy games, you have better mid-level brightness, so better clarity and detail for maps, etc. Um, plus, as I say, other tweaks that you can make to the picture settings within that menu. So it really is again empowering gamers to get the most out of, uh, you know, out of their new console, gaming PC, etc to ensure that that gaming experience is really second to none for us. So you mentioned uh, the new user interface and WebOS um, 6.0. Mm -hmm. um, might be a good chance just to talk quickly about how that's different from the previous versions of WebOS. Uh, and also, um, I guess a question a lot of people will be asking, given what happened last year, will there be Freeview Play? And if not, will you at least have all the catch-up services this time? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll address that one first. Um, and yeah, I'm delighted to, to say that the partnership between uh, LG and Digital UK, obviously who guys who run Freeview Play uh, has been renewed this year. So we will have uh, Freeview Play and all those uh, services uh, for 2021 models. So that's great news. Um, for the WebOS part, yeah, it's it's a real overhaul for us. I mean, I think you guys are familiar with our WebOS UI, how they've been over the last few years where, you know, pressing the home button on the remote gives you the row of apps at the bottom of the screen. Um, so very easy access, it's very slick, uh, interface very quick and to, to access. Um, but obviously we know that there's a lot of different content out there and the way people are accessing this content is 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 different because you know on top of the catch-up players you also obviously have um, a multitude of different streaming services now which a lot of people are um, subscribing to multiple of them. So of an evening if you want to find something to watch to flick between different apps all the time can be I think a bit strenuous. So our new WebOS UI, which we have an image of we could put on screen, um, basically is, is a full screen UI when you press the home button. So it will interrupt whatever you are watching. Uh, my personal theory, though, is that if you're pressing the home button to get to another app, you've probably done finish with what you're watching. Um, but it really, it's it's enabling us to, to put all that content into a one uh, one place. So when you press the home button now, you will still see the row of apps at the bottom of the screen, um, which you can edit the order of if you should um, um, wish to. Um, at the top of the screen, though, you'll have uh, different banners and um, uh, uh, boxes for search and for other information, such as weather, etc. In the middle of the screen, there will be recommendations. So you have quick, quick access to, to live TV from there, but also recommendations for content, um, which is based on your viewing history. So it will recommend different content, which is personalized to you. But also then when you scroll down using the scroll key on the, the magic remote, you will then uh, straight away access um, all your different inputs, then more uh, sort of frequently watched live TV channels, um, things like sports alert will appear there. And then also all the recommendations from different content um, providers. So you can see on different rows, different content from different providers. So it just makes it much easier and quicker to find a piece of content um, that might be of interest to you rather than clicking in and out of apps all the time. Um, and that's the home screen. For the rest of the UI, we have had a bit of an overhaul of, of the menus. Um, 
for you for you guys reviewing it means you will have to learn a new menu so sorry about that but for <laughs> for all the guys buying a new tv we feel it's a much more slick and joined up um experience of, of the menus you know where you want to find picture settings sound settings etc whatever you want to uh, tinker with basically um that then obviously combines with our magic remote which is worth mentioning so the magic remote also has always been a, a real favorite um, amongst amongst a lot of people and um, that is the functionality is unchanged so we still have you know the mouse cursor on screen which makes it very quick and easy to to navigate that ui uh, you have the, the scroll wheel on the middle as well which makes it easy to scroll through content um, and obviously you have voice control which is the, a great benefit of it as well um, and we're building on that as well this year so you still have the access to voice control with our, our ThinQ server so if you want to speak into remote and ask for a particular piece of content, change a particular channel, set an automatic timer, you know, to turn the TV off when the movie you're watching ends, that kind of thing, TV control, that's all served up via that part of the remote, that our ThinQ voice control. Um, but we've now split out separate buttons for Google Assistant and Alexa as well. So if you use one or both maybe of those services, it's very quick and easy to access that that's um that service so if you want to look for content um you know ask how how long your commute is to work etc or control smart home devices that you might have all hooked up via those services it's very quick and easy to do because we've got dedicated buttons for them as well so the whole user experience you know the, the ui the remote um we've really you know thought long and hard about and improved a lot this year i think to enable it to be very quick and easy for people to access but also to get access to content which is what you turn your tv on for in the first place so mm. i think we've got a you know a, a winner on our hands you mentioned uh 2021 sets for freeview play what about those people who bought sets this year the 2020 models um are they going to get the access to the apps uh well we're working you know we have uh iplayer um we have itv um launching on this on live on some tvs um, and uh, the rest, uh, we're still working on those ones. So that's uh, you know, other conversations. Okay. But you're not going to forget about people. You're going to do your best to try oh, and God, get no, them. No, yeah. definitely not. Definitely not. We, we, it's, it's always um, you know, very important for us to look after our customers. So you've just gone through the, um, the new features in terms of, the, of WebOS and, and the user interface. Um, what other things are there new on the C1 this year? So the C1... Um, Really, I think the main thing really to talk about would be then the, the processor, um, um, you know, being the Alpha 9 Gen 4, as is LG's way, each year we try and improve, add new features, etc. Um, so no difference this year. We had the Gen 3 in 2020, now we have the Gen 4 processor. Um, obviously, last year we had great things like, obviously, image optimization, but things like auto-genre selection, so you can detect if it's a movie or sports or even an animated movie for example and, and set the right picture settings for that um, but some of the improvements we have this year are things like um, improved object detection so last year we could detect a face on screen which obviously is usually the focal point when you, you're looking at content um, and and boost you know the sort of the brightness and clarity sharpness of, of the face this year though it can go one better it can detect um sort of objects in the form of someone's complete body, uh, animals, vehicles in the middle of the screen, et cetera, and really enhance those, those parts of the, the picture. It also um, has um, scene detection now as well. So it can detect whether or not 
generally you have a standard kind of setting, but also there'll be one for um, a cityscape. So if it's a city scene, um, then, you know, with lots of large buildings, it can detect that and give you better clarity of, of that kind of scene. If it's generally sort of nature scenery, again, improve it, and even a night scene it detects as well. So give you sort of better detail in the, in the darker areas, et cetera. Um, that's the sort of the picture quality improvements. On top, obviously, is we always year on year work to just improve the, the general picture quality. Sound side as well as taken care of by this processor. So we have improved um, upscaling of audio. Last year, it could take a stereo input and upscale it to a, fi um, a, a 5.1 um, virtual sort of surround effect from the TV speakers. This year, we're going one further to a 5.1.2. So we're adding the height channels to give you an even more uh, immersive um, sound experience. Plus, it has something called auto volume leveling. So if you flick between channels or you flick between apps, generally, especially with YouTube, where not all YouTubers will have a consistent you know, uh, volume, you'll, you'll easily go from one um, channel or, or, or service provider at one particular volume level and go to next and have a big spike in volume or it goes too quiet. So what auto volume leveling does, it keeps it nice and consistent. So the volume you set it at originally, it's going to keep it at that level and, and do a, a great job of, of doing that, you know, bringing up, boosting quiet noises and, and bringing down the sort of big boomy shocks that you might have uh, when an advert comes on or something like that. So they're the main things that sort of uh, the new the new uh, benefits largely from, from the uh, from the processor. Um, Jim's just want to bring it on to HDMI 2.1 features. Uh, it's something which gets discussed uh, an awful lot on the forums. Um, people, you know, deciding whether to buy a TV or not based on HDMI 2.1 and the capabilities of the sets. Um, could you briefly go across the, the range where things do differ in terms of 2.1? And can you explain why all LG sets except the 8K models uh, do 40 gigabits per second instead of 48 gigabits per second. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, focusing on the, the OLED range for this, um, basically all except the A1 um, have the HDMI 2.1 bandwidth um, because obviously with the A1 being the, the lower refresh rate panel, it's not so required. Um, but all of those models um, have, uh, talking of VRR to begin with, we have you know all three flavors, as I mentioned before, of VRR. So you have the HDMI 2.1 VRR, you have G-Sync, and you have FreeSync. Um, you also have ALLM, and you have eARC. Um, so they're sort of the main, obviously, uh, parts of, of that technology. Um, and you know we are still very, very strong in, in um, our offering of HDMI 2.1 to consumers because um, pretty much all of the um, all of our, our top models have four HDMI 2.1 ports. Um, some have, uh, well, I should say bandwidth ports. Um, some have two uh, band, high bandwidth top ports, you know, which can support 4K HFR, and the other then are effectively HDMI 2.0, if you'd like. Um, but we believe that, you know, especially in this world where some lucky people out there might be able to get both of the new consoles if they got in very, very, very quick. Um, and, you know, people that diehard gamers might also have a PC um, gaming PC hooked up as well. Plus, you want to, to enjoy eARC to your soundbar. So having multiple HDMI 2.1 ports um, or rather that, you know, ports that support things like the higher frame rate or higher data rate is very important. Um, to answer your question about the 48 versus 40 gigabits per second, 
um, really you only need the 48 gigabits per second for the 8K models. Um, if you look at a 4K model, it's only when you're talking 12-bit signal that you need to, to go up above 40. And in our in our experience and tests, if you're looking at a 10-bit, a 12-bit sort of uh, picture on a 10-bit panel, you'll see no difference um, to to the normal 10-bit uh, picture. So there's no benefit really to having 48 gigabits on a, a 4K model like this, a 10-bit panel. Um, so given that there's no benefit of it, and you know there's very few sources that will output it like that, we're better using that the the processing power, etc., to you know push that back through the processor and ensure that we get the best picture quality we can possibly get. So you know it's 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 we've taken a very informed decision. There's no real need to have 48 gigabits on particular models, hence we have the 40 gigabits instead. And mentioning 8K. We haven't mentioned it. Um, so is 8K a viable market at the minute, or do you feel that you have to have an 8K model in your lineup, but really the focus is still 4K and improving the 4K sets? Well, I mean, we do see that 8K will grow. Um, and I think it's still very, very much uh, uh, worth it to have uh, an 8K part of our range. There are you know, a few customers out there who do want to to move on and, and uh, you know move up to get to the 8K image. I mean, yes, it's still very early days. Um, content is very thin on the ground, obviously, in terms of 8K. Um, but what we do do with our 8K models is you know try and ensure they are as future-proofed as possible. So they have those um, 48 gigabits per second HDMI 2.1 ports. They have the codecs that will be required for 8K content. So. You know, people were covered when it starts to come more and more. But yes, the market is still very much 4K. Um, so we have we have models to to meet the requirements of the 8K. Um, you know, people who want that. But you know, very much you can see from our range, really, the 4K is still where it's at. And just to wrap up, really, we we mentioned earlier on about image retention, and we've been talking a lot about gaming uh, today. Uh, the sets are really are set up some of the best on the market actually for gaming in terms of flexibility connections and all the rest of it. But obviously the elephant in the room is still this image retention and, and people talking about it online. What assurances can you give somebody that's looking at perhaps an OLED TV for gaming that that's not going to be an issue? They're not going to suffer from burning and so on when it comes to using an OLED. Well, for us, you know, first of all, I think, as you say, the benefits of OLED for gaming really are um, clear in terms of, you know, the faster refresh rate, uh, sort of the response time of the panel inherent to it and all the features that we certainly carry in our range. Um, in terms of image retention, yeah, I mean, we've, we've always had um, advanced tech to really to mitigate this issue um, as much as, as possible, We're, you know, and under normal use, I think we still see it as, uh, as uh, not being, not being um, really an issue. Well, James, you know, image retention it is something that's going to get you know, it's going to get discussed on and on and on, uh, unfortunately, online and on forums and so all the rest of it. But certainly in my experience, I, um, and again, I'm not big enough LG in any way. It's just through experience of reviewing them and, and torture testing the TVs. I think it's very, very rare that you will see uh, image retention that sticks around, that are burnt in image Amen. retention. If you put a pattern up on a high brightness pattern on the TV and you leave it for 10 minutes, yes, you will see the retention there. But you know, it, it, it disappears after a, a, 
maybe an hour or so it'll be gone and I think the other main thing that we need to mention to people as well maybe you can uh, explain this a little bit James is that you have to let the TV go into standby properly so it can run the mitigation if you switch it off at the wall you're not allowing the TV to do that are you? That's exactly right yeah yeah after a certain accumulated amount of hours of watching um, plus whenever you you know turn the TV off you will get a, a cycle which does work to sort of uh, it's called pixel refresher basically so it's one of those um, technologies which helps to keep the keep the TV working nicely. But yeah, you do going to get that obviously by pressing it into standby, not just um, pulling the plug out. Yeah, good stuff. Well, I think we've covered everything um, so far anyway for the 20, uh, 21 models. I guess the only thing now is for us to get our hands on them and test them and and uh, and measure them as well. I'm I'm really interested to see how the G1. Uh, will perform with the with the Evo panel. Uh, it's got me excited, actually. I'm, I'm really looking forward to having a look at that model. So thank you very much for your time, James. It is appreciated. Well, you're very welcome. And uh, my thanks also to Steve Withers. Thanks for your company, Steve. You're welcome, Phil. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please give us a like and subscribe to the channel. Plus, you can hit the notification bell to be informed every time we publish a new video. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. You can bookmark avforums.com for latest reviews, news, and videos. And of course, if you've been listening to the audio-only version, you can also leave us a five-star rating on whichever service you use if they allow it. Uh, please give us a five-star rating if you enjoyed the show. Also, if you'd like to support the AV Forums podcast and the work that we do here, then you can become a patron. You can do that by heading over to patreon.com forward slash av forums or you can donate via streamlabs.com forward slash av forums i'm phil hinton thank you very much for your company and watching us today and join us for the weekly podcast on wednesday at 7 p.m